Welcome to Let's Talk Governance, a podcast to support regional West Australian non-for-profit groups to lead and steer their activities with high impact, confidence and compliance. The podcast is brought to you by the Grower Group Alliance and made possible with the generous support of podcast sponsor, the CBH Group. Your host is Ricky Foss of the Grower Group Alliance, and our expert guest for this episode is not-for-profit governance advisor, Caroline Robinson. The Grower Group Alliance is a WA statewide network of around 60 farmer-led grower groups that are all run with volunteer committees. Established by grower groups for grower groups over 20 years ago, today member groups extend from Kununurra in the northwest all the way down to Esperance in the southeast. Across the network, the groups have a diverse collective membership of around 4,000 farm enterprises, operating in all sectors of the agriculture industry at all different levels of scale and purpose. Hello everyone and welcome to our Let's Talk Governance podcast. My name is Ricky Foss and I'm the Chief Executive Officer of the Grower Group Alliance. Let me introduce our Guest Governance Advisor, Caroline Robinson, who will be delivering all the technical content. Caroline is an experienced not-for-profit advisor and has delivered the GGA's governance e-course for the past two years. Caroline has also worked with the committees of several GGA grower groups to write their strategic plan. A graduate of the Australian Institute of Company Directors with a Bachelor of Commerce, Diploma of Education and Cert 4 in Human Resources. Caroline has founded, led and supported numerous not-for-profit organisations in rural Western Australia. Caroline is also a farmer in the Shire of Narrambeen, so understands very well about rural life in regional WA and is passionate about organisations that support rural Western Australia's vibrancy, growth and essential services. One final impressive fact about Caroline is that in 2011, Caroline was awarded the AgriFutures National and Western Australian Rural Woman of the Year. Welcome, Caroline. Let's talk governance. In today's podcast, we're going to focus on a collection of most frequently asked questions you receive from not-for-profit organisations in regional Western Australia. So let's start with the first question. What's the difference between a board meeting and a general meeting, more commonly known as an AGM? Brilliant. Very common question. So look for that word general. So A general meeting is for all the members of your club or association that are invited to attend and the notice period must be consistent with the constitution and every year you always have one general meeting and that's the annual general meeting and you might decide to have a couple more general meetings throughout the year to keep your members informed. A special general meeting is also a meeting where all the members are invited And depending on the constitution, the board can call for any number of general, special general meetings during the year. And a special general meeting might be called for an important decision to change the constitution itself. But that's for, because you've got the word general in there, that is for all of your members to come to. And you need to invite them and ensure that the notice period is accurate. And then a board meeting is only for the members of the board. Okay, so the million dollar question a lot of people ask is, so as a member, can I actually attend a board meeting? Yes, you can, but out of politeness, I would let the chair know that you'd like to attend that board meeting 
Members can also be invited to observe and attend that meeting, but you're there as an observer and as such, uh, you should just listen uh, and not speak or speak only when you're invited. But the board meetings are there to make decisions about the operations, really, of, of that club or association. So you really need to just let that board do that. You can request minutes of the meeting as well. That's that's quite okay. But yeah, when you start to see members at a board meeting, ask yourself why. Absolutely. I think, and as you pointed out, common courtesy in terms of if you do want to attend a board meeting. To find your local grower group, head to the Grower Group Alliance website, gga.org.au. While you're there, subscribe to the GGA newsletter, Newswire, and be sure to stay up to date with the activities and opportunities from the 60-plus groups around WA that make up the vibrant and diverse Grower Group Alliance network. I guess the next question goes to around quorums and, you know, what happens if we can't get a quorum? Often this can occur when lots of boards do rely on volunteers. So what do we do when we can't get a quorum? So a quorum is the minimum number of people required for that particular meeting to proceed and constitutions stipulate the quorums for board meetings and general meetings. So if a quorum cannot be met, the chair of the meeting uh, should adjourn it and reschedule it in accordance with what's in your constitution. And I'll always go back, when you get into this situation, go and check your constitution first. If a meeting is adjourned, you'll need to consider uh, whether a new notice is required. For for example, a meeting uh, is adjourned for 14 14 days or more, then a notice of the rescheduled meeting must be given in accordance with your constitution for notices of general meetings. So go to your um, constitution. It might stipulate uh, what happens if you cannot get a quorum. It might not stipulate what to do when you can't get a quorum. So you need to, if in that case, you go back to the notice period and you start all over again. But um, it's really best to try and plan your meetings well in advance and to avoid that situation. It's um, certainly not a great situation to be in when meetings have to be delayed. So I think the emphasis of actually volunteers attending these board meetings is certainly important. I guess moving on to the more mechanics or managements of of meetings. Often there's a lot to be discussed, a lot of input is required and a lot of opinions to come to the table. So how do we actually keep our meetings on track? So this would have to be another number one question because yeah, if it's um if our meetings aren't on track, well then you start to lose people, don't you? Absolutely. And they're just not involved. So always remember that meetings are there to make Decisions. So meet when you know you have decisions to, to, to be made. So too often we meet because it's scheduled or it's because it's always been done that way uh, and sometimes we don't need to meet or we just need to have a short meeting online rather than in person and we all need to realise as well that, that often when we do meet, travel is involved for most of us in the regions. So if you can do it online, then great. Not every meeting should be online, but some you can. So meetings are for when decisions need to be made and actions agreed upon. The chair, the secretary and or the treasurer together and if you are an association that employs a senior employee, you need to discuss that agenda before distributing it and the agenda structure should reflect the priorities that need to be discussed. And um, when we find that our meetings are going off track, it's generally because we've either got too much on there 
and we haven't allocated enough time for the, the key things or actually we're just mating because for the sake of mating and we're not mating to make a decision. Mm. So always put your most important things at the start of your agenda where people are fresh and enthusiastic. It needs to be well paced. So yeah, if you put those important issues up front, then you will get people more engaged in that meeting and you can structure your agenda around matters for decision, which could go first, matters for discussion with no decision generally, and then matters to be noted. And if you find your me- your meetings are going for a long time, then you can you can certainly allocate time slots in the agenda. And I've seen some clubs do that really well. Uh, but you can also raise it with the chair because their role is to facilitate the meeting. And the role of the chair is to find the will of the group and keep the group united as much as possible and ensure that people around the table get heard, but they need to keep the the meeting going. And um, if it is the chair that is making your (laughs) meetings go off track, then I talk about having a courage muscle to have that discussion and you need to approach the chair in a polite manner around that. And another just really important thing is in your agendas is if you do have something of real significance to discuss and decide upon, then you really need to have an agenda that has the supporting information for that. So as an example, for an association that has a senior employee and that, that employee is requesting you know, a pay rise or something like that, then the chair needs to say to that employee, you need to present that information around what your current pay rate is, your roles and responsibilities, your requested rate, what would the impact be on the budget and the cash flow and et cetera, et cetera. So you get them to do the work and then pull it into the agenda and send it out well in advance so that you're reading that information before you get there. You can consider your questions, et cetera. But yeah, it, it depends on how complicated your your association is, but the chair has a very important role in um, how your meetings run and what and your agenda structure. And there is like a really very simple little resource that is out there that is a reminder for the chair's role and that's the Robert's Rules for Meetings. But yeah, just just have a Google of it and you'll find it. And it'll just give you a couple of good little points how to keep your meeting on track. Greta, I think you've really covered some really important points there and planning is seems to be number one for meetings. Don't just rock up and expect for things to just happen. The agenda plays an, a massive role in terms of how you structure that for matters for decision, matters for discussion and matters to be noticed. Again, we're seeing a, a common theme come through with the chair and the important role they play and the importance of how they structure and host the meetings. But and, and also, as you mentioned, a good resource to understand is the Roberts Rules for Meetings, obviously a good resource that people can tap into there. Owned and controlled by around 3,800 WA grain growing businesses, CBH Group is proud to be actively involved with and supportive of the communities we operate in. We do this through our Community Investment Fund, and a large part of this fund is committed to building leadership capacity in our regional communities. We support and deliver programs that build strength, resilience, knowledge, and skills for future industry leaders to work towards a sustainable and profitable grain growing industry. For more info, head to cbh.com.au. 
So I guess on to now a more technical question around the secretarial frequently asked questions. No one really loves to take minutes. I don't think I've ever come across anyone who absolutely loves to take minutes. <laughs> but so how do we write minutes? So minutes need to be taken for all your meetings and especially for the AGM and for board meetings as they serve a really good record about what's happened. Minutes should always include attendance, apologies, any reports or decisions made and the resolutions adopted. And what minutes do is they help create a set of actions and, and the next you know, next step going forward. So the secretary's role is to listen and to choose from all the jumble of ideas and comments a version that best represents the meeting. Minutes should be constructive. Uh, they should improve what was said in a tactful and better order. <laughs> so um, I've seen some cracker minutes uh, and it, it it needs to be, I think that word tactful is pretty good. Um, Absolutely. We, we generally don't record word for word discussions and we don't attribute comments to specific individuals. You can just summarise it into dot point and say, this was discussed you know, dot, dot, dot. The level of detail recorded in the minutes may vary, you know, between our, our associations, but any uh, decisions uh, recorded, so that's motions and resolutions, should absolutely clearly state what decision was made, who will be responsible for its implementation, when the decision is to be implemented, if the decision is to be reviewed, if so, by when and whom, and who should be notified of that decision and how. So you could actually end up with a set of minutes that just has motions and resolutions as you you set. Um, I've seen a couple of organisations do that. The other thing is that your minutes must clearly record anyone that's got a conflict of interest. And in regards to motions and resolutions, they need to be specific and they need to be clear. You can attribute a mover and a seconder or you can just record whether it was carried or not carried. That's probably a new sort of um, trend that's coming forward in our associations and, and is quite okay. I guess um, from where I'm sitting in terms of minutes, that they are such a valuable resource. We, we use them a lot also in terms of an action tracker, in terms of where we go back and what we need to do, what we haven't done, what we need to do going forward. Um, so I totally can concur that accurate, tactful minutes are such a valuable document for an organisation. Okay, so another question in relation to documents is how do we receive reports and minutes? So a president's report uh, can be put forward at a general meeting to be received and that requires a mover and a seconder. A treasurer's report can be put forward at a general meeting and it can be moved by the treasurer and then it just needs to be seconded by another member. And in regards to the minutes, when a motion is put to approve uh, the minutes, just remember that only people who were present at that meeting can move the minutes. Okay, thank you for that. It is a difficult one there where people do get confused, but I think the key there is keep it simple. Know the ground rules around minutes and obviously motions. Is your event visible? Attract traffic to your agricultural industry event by featuring it in the GGA statewide events calendar. Circulated fortnightly in the newsletter Newswire, the Grow Group Alliance calendar is the most comprehensive calendar for the Western Australian agricultural industry. Featuring your event is free. Head to the Grow Group Alliance calendar webpage to submit an event at gta.org.au. 
The next one is question is in relation to operational staff. Now, not all committees or boards have operational staff, but some will. You spoke about earlier in terms of boards making operational decisions. At what point should a board or should a CEO or a senior employee be in a board meeting? So a CEO or that senior employee is there to act as a resource for the board and you need to determine when you need this resource and you need to discuss what their purpose of their involvement is and what information they need to bring. So employee attendance at a board meeting needs really good facilitation by the chair, particularly if the employee is speaking uh, way too much and influencing those decisions. So as an idea, you can say to your employee, we'll set a specific time in the agenda for you to come in and uh, they can come in regularly to the board meeting, but it, it needs to be managed and, and you need to understand why they're there and what their purpose of being there is for and how it will add value to the decision making. And you can have your employees there in the good times and the bad times. Sometimes we only get our employees in when things go rotten and we haul them in there and yeah, have that conversation. But remember that you can celebrate things with them and um, be progressive and positive and have them there regularly at a set time. And you also have them there when things are bad. Absolutely. And I think that's really important for culture as well. So not only the CEO, but other senior employees in terms of understanding the business and the strategic direction of the board. Well, Caroline, that concludes our session for today. Again, it's been great. Wonderful insights. Thank you very much. Thanks, Ricky. We've come to the end. We hope you've enjoyed the content in this episode of our Let's Talk Governance podcast. Resources around governance for grower groups, including where to connect with guest expert Caroline Robinson, can be found on the Grower Group Alliance website at gga.org.au. Before we go, one final acknowledgement to our podcast sponsor, the CBH Group, who've been right behind this new way of making governance guidance really accessible to the Grower Group Alliance network and any other not-for-profit stakeholder groups tuning in.